Hey, Earthlings! Welcome to Natalie's Nature Show, your digital nature break. I'm Natalie Jackson, a UC Master Gardener based out of Los Angeles and a local wildlife enthusiast. On today's podcast, I'd love to share with you some information I've been learning about orchids. It is estimated that there are 25,000 to 30,000 different species of orchids, most of which are found in the tropics and in tropical humid areas. Orchids have become very popular gifts, and they're beautiful houseplants. One of the reasons why they've become so popular uh, commercially is because we have figured out how to stimulate their flowering artificially by using temperature changes. Uh, There are different temperature changes you can do. It's about a 30 degree drop uh, from night and day for about a month that stimulates the flowering of an orchid. Now, if you're doing this artificial stimulation, Uh, It's best that you really know what you're doing because you could also potentially exhaust the plant and then lose a year of flowering. Uh, Aside from that, uh, orchids come in so many different varieties, so many different colors and shapes. Some of them look like little creatures and little faces, and they're just so beautiful and inspiring. I recently went to Goobler Orchid Farms in Landers, California, out in the desert, uh, close to Joshua Tree. And it was a magical experience. At first, we didn't think we'd be able to come in, but eventually we read the sign that says, give us a call and we'll come and open the door. So we called the number, and soon a wonderful, smiling, happy person came and opened the door and let us into this magical space. The space we walked into was essentially a showroom filled with different kinds of orchids. There were also many different carnivorous plants and a few epiphytes other than orchids, such as staghorn ferns. An epiphyte, if you do not know, is a type of plant that does not grow in the soil. It grows in the trees and it grows on top of the trees. So it's basically getting its moisture from the air around it and from any rainwater that falls into the debris around it. Other such plants include air plants, Spanish moss, and the aforementioned staghorn fern. But orchids also fall into this category. Orchids are grown in special potting mixes that usually include pieces of bark and sometimes a particular kind of moss. Back to the orchid farm. The Goobler Orchid Farm was amazing. We did not get to tour the actual greenhouse areas because I was wearing sandals. So if you do go visit, do wear closed-toed shoes so you can take the full tour and get to see the whole greenhouse area, which is much larger than the area that I got to see. But the area that I got to see was filled with so many beautiful flowering orchids, a few orchids that maybe were in transition and had just stopped flowering, and just so many beautiful plants. I really love the carnivorous plants, and I basically fell in love with the pitcher plants. It's called a tropical pitcher plant, and it has these huge pitchers filled with nectar that attract different insects and animals. 
Um, and so they have some of those planted with some different varieties of orchids. And I ended up getting an arrangement that had this combination of two pitcher plants with one small orchid. Uh, it's very beautiful. I also got another little pitcher plant for Aaron because he has a little uh, area where we grow carnivorous plants, and that would be a great one to add to his collection. I also purchased a Phalaenopsis, which is the most common type of orchid out there. It is the one that we know how to manipulate to bloom, and it is the one you see pretty much everywhere. It's also known as a moth orchid. So I bought one of those, the variety being the ox golden apple. And then I bought another plant that caught my eye that I hadn't really seen before. It's called the Miltoniopsis pansy orchid, and it's native to Central America. It's really beautiful. It's a different uh, shape of orchid, so the leaves are different. And the flowers just look like big, beautiful pansies with like little happy faces. And so the one that I got was dark purple. And in the transition from the desert to my home, the flowers have fallen off. So I'm taking this opportunity to learn how I can bring them back and keep it going uh, now that that initial bloom has ended. So this trip inspired me to learn more about orchids since I now had more than I've ever had before. Prior to this trip, I only had one orchid and it had already flowered and lost its flowers for the season. And so it is in its uh, growing stage, basically, as far as like leaves and stems. But now that I have this whole collection, uh, I decided to dive deep into orchid care and I wanna share with you the information that I got. So many people receive orchids as a gift. And the first question that might pop into your mind when you receive one is where do I put this plant so that it grows well? Well, here are some ideas and some things to consider. Uh, orchids enjoy bright, indirect light. So this would be great for a windowsill where the sun is not directly shining into the window. Uh, typically, an east or a north-facing window has really great light for this. Some south-facing windows, as long as the sun is not directly hitting the window, are also really great for this. Um, you may also have a bathroom with a window, and that would be a great place because they also love humidity. So they're usually from the tropics. So orchids like a lot of humidity, more humidity than we have in our homes typically, and especially more humidity than we have in Southern California in general. So it is a good idea to put them in the bathroom or a place in your home where there is naturally more humidity. Another thing you can do to help keep it humid is to create a little humidity dish by filling a dish with rocks or marbles and filling it up with water so that the water does not go over the top of the rocks. Um, put this dish either underneath the pot of your orchid or next to several orchids. And as this water evaporates into the air, it will create a little more humidity around those plants. So we're thinking about light, we're thinking about humidity, 
Also think about temperature. So indoors, orchids can pretty much handle between 65 degrees and 80 degrees very easily. That is their comfort zone. They can go through extremes both ways, um, up to 100 degrees, up down to 30 degrees. Anything beyond that is where you might see some major damage happening. Um, But they are pretty hardy um, as far as surviving temperature fluctuations. So again, ideal conditions. Ideal is 65 to 80. Uh, But if you do have a colder night, that is okay. A colder night may actually help um, inspire the plant to flower again. So keep that in mind. If your temperatures are a little bit lower, that is okay. Another thing you'll want to consider is where your heating and cooling vents are pointed. Uh, You likely do not want either one pointed at your orchids. Uh, This kind of exposure could potentially damage these plants. So if your air conditioner is pointed at an orchid, you might see that it drops its flowers right away, or you might see that some of the leaves start to wilt. So just be careful with the heating and cooling vents and where they're pointed. So windows are a great place for indoors as well as bathrooms, Uh, but you can also place an orchid outdoors. They are from the tropics after all, they were meant to be outdoors. So if you have an outdoor patio that has limited direct sunlight, that might be a great place to grow an orchid. Also, if you have land and you have trees, you may wanna try to grow your orchids on your trees. Uh, That is where they naturally grow. Now, of course, some temperature and wind situations may not be great for your orchid, depending on where you live, But if you do live in a pretty humid place, um, it may be a good idea to put your orchid up in the tree. Now, once you have your orchid in place, how do you take care of it? So there are many different ways that people take care of orchids, particularly with watering their orchids. So I'm gonna give you a few different scenarios and some of the pros and cons of each. So orchids don't need a lot of water and they really don't wanna be sitting in like a puddle. So whenever you do water them, you wanna water them thoroughly so that everything is wet, but then you wanna drain everything out. So if you have your orchid in a little plastic clear container that it comes in, but then you put it into another container for decoration, you wanna make sure that the water is drained completely from the clear And if there's any excess water in the decorative pot, you want to throw that out too. You don't want it to sit in that. That's where uh, diseases can happen and roots can get damaged. Uh, Some people will put an ice cube in the medium, in the potting medium, and let it melt. And this is very controversial, uh, you know, in the gardening world. Uh, But if you live in a really hot place, that ice cube isn't going to be cold for very long and it will melt pretty quickly and it is just about the amount of water you want to give it for a smaller plant. Now, if you have a bigger plant, you're probably doing a couple of ice cubes in that plant. Now, if you don't live in a warmer place, uh, the ice cubes could be a little too cold for the roots and could actually damage the roots. So that is something to consider. Instead, you can just use water lukewarm water is best 
Most people will recommend watering your orchid once a week. So it's good to pick a day of the week that is your orchid day. This is the day when you're going to give your orchids a thorough inspection. So you start the inspection by picking up the plant and taking it out of the decorative pot. Uh, if you have the clear plastic pot that normally comes with an orchid, that is great news because you can easily see how the roots are doing. You can tell if the potting medium is still wet from the last time you watered, and you can see if there is any damage to the roots. Damaged roots usually look brown, soft, and mushy. Hopefully, you are inspecting your plant and you are finding no damage, and you are finding that the potting medium is dry from a week ago when you last watered. If this is the case, then it's a good idea to water your plants again. If your plant is still wet, you want to check out the situation because it should be dry. Hold off on watering for a few days and check the plant again uh, to see if it has dried out. What else is involved with caring for orchids? Of course you want to maintain the ideal temperatures and light and water once a week if everything has dried properly, but you also want to fertilize. There are very specific fertilizers for orchids that usually come in a powder or like crystal-y form and you mix it into the water when you're watering. Uh, there are two schools of thought on this. Uh, usually the bag for the fertilizer will tell you to water every other watering with a full dose of the fertilizer mixed into the water. The other school of thought will tell you to fertilize every week, every time you water pretty much, but at half of the strength. So it would be half a dose of the fertilizer mixed into the same amount of water. So that way the plant is getting the nutrients every week instead of every other week. The thing to know about fertilizing weekly is that there eventually could be a buildup of salts or other nutrients from the fertilizer. So it is good to flush it out once in a while with just water without the fertilizer. I recommend fertilizing every other time. I think it's just easier and helps the plant really not get that buildup from the nutrients. But other people will recommend the other way. The type of fertilizer you wanna get is a balanced fertilizer where all the numbers, the three numbers that you see that represent nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium are all equal. Usually people recommend a 20-20-20 fertilizer, but you can also find specific fertilizers that are created for orchids. And Goobler Orchid Farm actually has their own fertilizer that they sell that's really affordable. And no, I'm not sponsored by them. I was just blown away by their facility and by the kindness of the people that worked there. They were really willing to work with us to help us find exactly what we wanted. And they even went to their back storage area to find the perfect pot for our needs. So after you've fertilized and you've been keeping your plant going, the other step is to repot the plant when the time is right. But how do you know when you need to repot your orchid? There are a few signs to look out for. The first one is the plant outgrowing its pot. 
So while it is normal for the roots of an orchid to grow outside of the pot, especially from the top, um, when there are a lot of those happening, that is a good sign that your orchid is ready for a new pot. Another thing to look for is if the growing medium is breaking down. So orchids don't like soil. They don't want to be in anything too mushy. They really just want to capture with their roots, the water in between the little pieces of bark in the medium. So they don't want the medium to be breaking down. And when that happens, uh, the roots could be negatively affected and possibly be diseased. So if you see that growing medium going from uh, chips of bark of wood to a little more finer material, that's a good sign to switch it out. And another sign is if the roots are very tightly tangled together. So orchid roots are naturally tangled, and sometimes that just happens. That's the way it comes. But they are usually loosely tangled. So they have some space between them. You know, it doesn't look like it's super tight. When it does look super tight, that is a sign to repot. Typically, people will repot their orchids every one to two years, and so you want to make sure that you are repotting after the end of a blooming cycle. And you want to make sure that your new pot is one to two inches bigger than its previous pot and has brand new growing medium. When you're repotting, you can also take this time to trim off anything that's dead, any dead stems. Uh, but if you have a green stem that had flowers on it, you just want to trim one inch above the last green node. So you'll see the top of your orchid branch, uh, the, the orchid spike, as they call it, where the flowers come from, might be deteriorating, but then eventually there's a point where there is a beautiful node. And the node is not brown, it is still green. So you want to cut one inch above that fresh node. And that will encourage that node to be the next flowering one when the time comes. So what are the warning signs that things are going not so well for your orchid? So yellowing leaves is a sign of change. Sometimes this change is new growth coming in and the bottom leaves, the ones closest to the bottom of the plant, will turn yellow and drop off, and that is natural. But if the leaves at the top are dying or turning yellow, there may be a different issue. There may be um, direct sunlight hitting the leaves and burning them. Usually that is a yellow spot surrounded by a really brown burnt spot. Sometimes it's overwatering and sometimes it's underwatering. So yellowing leaves means the plant needs a checkup. Something that's very important to remember, particularly about the Phalaenopsis orchids or the moth orchids, is that they don't want their leaves or their crown to get wet. So the crown is where the leaves are growing out of and there are little pockets um, within these little areas on the crown where water could potentially collect and unfortunately, this water, if it pools up in the plant, it will actually damage the plant and create a disease called crown rot. And crown rot is pretty 
um, detrimental to an orchid. If you see yellowing at the base of the leaves and around the crown, that means that you might have crown rot. And so you want to make sure that you're just not watering that area. And if you are watering that area and water gets on it, that you're cleaning it up. Wipe it up. Get it out of there. Use a towel to soak it up. You do not want that water resting on that part of the plant because it will damage it. Dropping flowers. So flowers do naturally drop with time, and each kind of orchid has its length of time that the flowers typically will stay on. You know, some of them are pretty short, and the flowers only last a couple of weeks, and some of them are a month, two months, three months, depending on the variety of the orchid. So some flower drop is natural, Uh, And especially if you just moved the plant to a totally new environment. So for example, when I brought my orchids home from the desert, the flowers that were on the stem did eventually drop off on two of the plants. They were just too traumatized by the whole move. Uh, The other two plants still have their flowers and they're still holding on strong, which is great. Flower drop can also occur when there is an issue of too much water. And so it's important that if you see any of these signs to check out your plant. So, and by checking it out, you really want to look at the roots. And so you take the little plastic cup out of the decorative cup and you look at the roots and see what's happening. Hopefully you see roots that are uh, solid. They're not soft or mushy. And hopefully you're seeing roots that are either green, gray, or like a yellowish color. If you see brown roots, that's not a good sign. And if you see really mushy, just kind of like non-existent form in the roots, then there's a big problem. And you're going to want to treat it by taking the whole thing out, rinsing it off, all the roots, and then trimming off anything that is diseased, damaged, or dead. Now that, of course, is an extreme situation, so hopefully that's not happening because you are taking care of making sure that you are watering your variety correctly. One way to really make sure you're taking care of your plants the way that it wants to be taken care of is to look up the variety most orchids that we find available on the market are phalaenopsis, which are the most prevalent and they're pretty easy to take care of. They're the ones you typically see that have one long stem filled with these beautiful flowers that come in all different colors and some are spotted. There are a few other kinds that are also very popular, so it's important to know which kind you have. You can take a picture of your plant particularly if it's flowering, and then look up that picture on iNaturalist, on Picture This. Both of those are apps that you can use to identify plants. iNaturalist, you can also identify insects and animals. You can also just do a Google Lens search where you use a photo to search on the internet for other similar photos. And I have been able to figure out the plants that I bought that were not labeled through that process. So it does take a little bit of triple checking. So you want to make sure if you think you know the name, 
look it up in a couple different places, particularly websites that list different types of orchids with photos next to them. Those are very helpful. You can also look it up on the American Orchid Society's website, aos.org. And then there are lots of local orchid groups that provide information online that can be a great resource for you to learn more about your orchid. And then some botanical gardens, for example, the Huntington Garden, will feature orchids and will offer classes about orchids. So take advantage of these resources that are all around you if you are becoming an orchid caretaker. In summary, orchids make great houseplants, particularly for areas with bright indirect sunlight and places that have a little bit of humidity. It's best to use lukewarm water when watering your orchid once a week and drain and remove any excess water. You can use ice if you live in a place where it'll melt quickly, but if you live in a cold place, the ice may damage the plant's roots. If your plant is still having issues and it seems like you're doing everything right, you may want to switch to distilled water. Some cities' water is just too hard and has too many additional things in the water that damage the plant. Using distilled water can help you avoid some of those issues and really is the best, aside from rainwater, for an orchid. Fertilize bi-weekly at full strength or weekly at half strength and make sure that you're checking on that orchid plant once a week. Pick your favorite day of the week and make it your orchid day where you give your orchids a full exam, checking their roots, checking the moisture, checking the leaves, and making sure that it has the best conditions possible to grow and to bloom. I hope my orchid tips have helped you out. And now I'd like to bring you to my favorite part of the podcast, the meditation moment. This meditation moment features nature sounds recorded at a small creek in Porter Ranch at Lime Kiln Canyon, which is a beautiful little hike, great on a sunny day because it is shaded with many trees. And there are a lot of areas with picnic tables along the way, which are really lovely, especially when the creek is at full force. When we had gone, the creek was pretty diminished. It was, um, I believe, end of August when I went with Nolan to this lovely spot. Um, But there was a bit of water at the end. And to our delightful surprise, there were tadpoles and frogs in this part of the creek as well. Growing up in Chatsworth, I remember going to Chatsworth Park with friends, and we would go and play with the tadpoles and play with the frogs and the lizards. I have very fond memories of this, and so going to this creek in Porter Ranch brought back those memories, although we did not try to chase or capture the tadpoles or frogs. It was really fun watching them Uh, jump around, and do frog things. So I invite you to settle in to wherever you are, relax a bit, breathe in really deeply, 
and breathe out, letting go of anything that's stressing you out, letting go of anything that's bothering you, and just coming into this beautiful moment where you get to immerse yourself in the sounds of nature. And there you have it, another beautiful nature-based meditation from a local hike in the San Fernando Valley. I hope you enjoyed your digital nature break, and I hope you learned something fun about orchids. If you're not currently taking care of orchids, maybe try one out. Aphelianopsis is a great one to start with, and it is the most popular one, and there's a lot of information out there about them. And if you already are taking care of orchids, I hope I gave you some tools that you can use to really know what you're doing and feel confident in caring for your orchid. All right, earthlings, thank you so much for sharing this time with me, and I hope you have a wonderful day. (laughs) 